Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hello and welcome to the Mainstream Apps Podcast. I'm your host, Jaron Boslow. Today, unfortunately, we will not have Will Miller, uh, you know, just going through some weird stuff, but it will be me today on the mic. Uh, and today we have two amazing guests uh, who are both going to talk about their experiences with the Mavs. Uh, one of them got to attend the Hall of Fame ceremony um, with, of course, Dirk, you know, whenever he's enshrined. And then um, also her basically 40 plus years of Mavs fanship. And then her son, uh, who is actually working, who actually worked for the team for quite a bit um, as a ball boy, he has some fun experiences. So y'all will get all into that, uh, and I'll get all into that as I'm, I'm recording this pre-podcast. So I'm excited to listen to what they have to say and what awesome experiences they have to say. But before we get into the ad break, go ahead and go follow the the socials at Mainstream Two One Four over there. You can get all the updated information on our Twitter. Uh, whether it's up-to-date stuff, uh, we post pretty much every day. Um, Will runs the Twitter over there. You know, we're posting, like I said, every day, great content. Um, we, you know, try and interact with y'all as much as possible. So please go follow that. Uh, we did have an account with over 15,000 followers, or sorry, over 1,500,000, uh, over 1,500 followers before uh, we got hacked. And now we're down to around 500. So we're building it back up. Uh, but if y'all would please go ahead and go follow that. Um, and yeah, I mean, outside of that, I hope that y'all enjoy this episode, but first here's an ad from our Spotify or Spotify. Here's an ad from our Spotify for podcasters. All right. Welcome back guys. Today we do have our two guests with us. Um, and I mean, before we get into anything too serious, uh, both of y'all did attend the hall of fame enshrinement and I know both of y'all are excited to talk about that and I'm excited to hear about it. And I know our fans are excited to hear about it. So if y'all would just like to take the stage and you know pretty much just talk about any of your experiences uh, or any you know any cool things that happened there, like please take the floor. Mom, I'll don't do it first to do that. I can let you do that one, Mom. I know you're pretty <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know we followed Dirk since literally day one. Um, I was I was pregnant with Dalton when we um, traded for uh, Dirk, and thank good goodness we did. You know. But um, we've kind of been on this journey together. And so when we knew that he would be inducted and uh, we saw the dates, we we knew immediately, are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. We're totally doing this. Um, I think, you know, when we, uh, we got the VIP reception tickets with, um, you know, a little bit better access before. And so we went to the rooftop of the Marriott and, you know, immediately saw um, John Calipari and Devin Harris, Sean Marion. So uh, Dalton couldn't attest. I was kind of goofy. I'm like, oh, my God, there's this person. There's that person. There's Marion. There's Carlisle. And I just felt like a kid in a candy store. Um, it was, you know, the old timers um, in that reception. Um, the only current players were Jason Tatum, who was pretty un- inaccessible. Um, but you know, Tony Kukoc, I mean, it was just unreal. Uh, Dick Bavetta, you know, it was just like out out of control, but, you know, we were leaving after a couple hours and, um, instead of taking the elevator, Dalton suggested that we go down the stairs and be faster. So, so we did. And when we, um, you know, got out onto the street immediately, Dalton said, there's Dirk. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so, cause he wasn't at the reception, 
So he's just like right there in living color. And I'd never met Dirk in all these years and um, all the games. And we've gone to the all-star, um, the all-star game, you know, it was in Dallas and whatnot, but I've never actually met him. So I immediately tried to get a picture with him and his handler was like, um, no, we don't have time for that. And you could tell Dirk was like torn. Yeah. He, he, he was like, I really want to give you this picture, but this woman I also respect is telling me not to. And so we just, you know, we had to follow him down the red carpet because we had to, you know, get to our seats too. And um, so the whole journey down the red carpet, it was literally just like the 10 best minutes of almost my life. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, because we're just go, I mean, Jason Kidd walks up, his family's there, um, you know, and then I just was like, I got to get a picture. I mean, I'm not going to go through this and not have a picture. So I, I begged him. I, we're nearing the end, and I begged him for. I didn't have to beg. I just asked him, and he immediately said yes. And uh, and then D Dalton got his picture. But it was literally just like, you know, my head's on a swivel like the whole time. Like all these people are joining in that I've respected for so many years. So I think the walk down that red carpet, literally with Dark um, behind him, and. I was looking at on NBA TV, they had an hour long special on the red carpet. And for about 10 seconds, you can see me with my high heels off, walking up to Dirk, getting a selfie. And uh, I, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So um, it was literally, literally a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was definitely something crazy. And then, yeah, like she was saying, especially with the the reception, I mean, we also saw uh ben and skin uh they were one of the first people that we saw um we went up to them and you know they're obviously a bigger local um stars but we recognize them they seem pretty happy to be recognized um so we watched their show and then yeah marion devin harris marion had uh he had the championship ring on um i was like kind of looking for it because i've got you know i went into a thrift shop maybe a couple years ago and there was you know little individual shops set, set up and for like 20 bucks somebody had like basically made a fake championship ring and i figured i'd buy it just for luck and i just wear it like during the playoffs and like i was wearing it and i was like look mom like he's got the he's got the real one and i like showed my little fake bs one and um it it obviously looking at the pictures online and stuff it looks really nice but in person it was really nice and pretty big um it's just had his name on the side and it was pretty cool uh we saw nico Nico was there. Um, you know, we both told him we we're like good off season. We made sure we made sure we let him know. Um, and he he did have a little bit of a smile on his face. It was um, definitely said thank you. We took the picture. Didn't want to like bother him too much. Um, Jamal Mosley, okay. um, old assistant coach, current Magic head coach, yeah. I believe. Um, then yeah, like she said, Tony Ku coach. Um, let's see. I don't know if you would know him, but there's i guess those um some of those nba super fans there's um his name was uh jimmy it's like jimmy goldstein i think he's like yeah. one of those yeah he's like the big the big one i guess he was walking around and like we couldn't really tell who he was we thought it was initially that uh one mavs um big mavs super fan that was always there um but then we looked him up couldn't really find much and then we actually ended up figuring out who it was because in the Hall of Fame, he actually has like a there's like a super fan section and there's a massive like picture and it's him with Chris Paul. I think when they were on the Rockets and I think like uh, there were a couple other people behind him. I think uh, Nene was with them, but 
uh, that guy was there, I think. Yeah, outside of that, it was definitely pretty crazy. Um, seeing Tatum there, mom got a few pictures of him. He was like, immediately he walked down and I saw him. It took me like half a second to see who he was, but he had security around him. I mean, it's definitely one thing to be like, you know, okay, you're Jason Kidd used to play, you know, kind of getting into the, the older days now where newer people don't really know who you are just yet, but a lot of people like us know who he is. But a guy like Jason Tatum, where people who are old fans and new fans, everybody knows who he is. And it was just immediately started to get bombarded. Um, and then that was, yeah, right before we started to leave, we went down the stairs and um, yeah, the second, the second we walked out of the door, he was like, I just looked out and I saw just like, like he was maybe 10 feet, 10 feet away from me. And um, it was just like, I could just see his tie and it's like, took me not even tenth of a second to look up and it was just I didn't even need that long to recognize who it was. I mean, we've seen his face a million times. And I just literally just turned and told her, I was like, I was like, Dirk's Dirk Nowitzki's right there. And she was like, like just this eyes just went and she was like, no way, no way. And uh and I was like, he's literally right there. And then she just, you know, shoved me out of the way. And she was just like, I got and she was like, um, like she said, uh the I guess like, yeah, media personnel was like, we gotta, we gotta get him caught up with his family, you know, his wife, um, kids, mom, dad, Holger was there. They were kind of all grouped up and, uh, and like she was, mom was really, really trying to get a picture. And I think you ended up getting, like you ended up touching him on the back. And then there was just that like realization. Yeah. I remember you were like, Oh my God, I touched Dirk Nowitzki. Like there was that, like, yeah, we literally had like finally made that connection. Um, and then, yeah, he, you know scurried off for a little bit but we were just like we were not even like six to ten feet behind him the whole way down there and then sure enough yeah finally maybe halfway down we ended up getting the pictures um if you end up i'm sure they're all over the place but there was they had this little you know how they always have the little interview backgrounds that have like you know the advertisers in the back um he ended up being going over there getting a picture with like i said his family, uh, mom, dad, Holger, uh, wife and kids. And then it was one of just him and it was pretty crazy. And then uh, mom did get a picture with Holger and uh, she she actually met him previously, but he's, I guess, more on the like Shire end and just more, I guess, of like a just a straightforward guy. Because like I'm assuming like, yeah, he doesn't get recognized too, too often. But then like when he does, it's kind of one of those where it's like one person knows it, notices him and then people look over and then it's just like one by one by one. Um, and, you know, she was like, oh, like, can I get your picture? Can I get your picture? And he was like, just like very straight faced German, like, yes, like, sure. And it was just like he he definitely seemed like it, it wasn't his kind of thing. But you could definitely tell like walking down the whole way just Dirk was getting bombarded in a good way with like pictures and congratulations and it was just like the whole way down it was like you could kind of tell he was taking it in because this is like that's a definitely a pretty important moment for him um walking down the red carpet before you're enshrined forever you know um camera cameras all over the place fans just begging him there were you know little um metal fences um and people were all out those you know screaming his name asking for signatures and stuff like that and then um 
yeah, Jason Kidd. I think his family ended up catching up with them. Um, and then we ended up going in the main uh, entrance to the symphony hall. That was pretty cool. They had, um, you know, everyone's picture, you know, Popovich, Al Gasol, Dirk, um, and everyone's little picture on the little uh, holes out front. Um, got in, I think we saw a couple extra people in the lobby. We saw Tim Hardaway, um, okay. Junior's dad. And then we saw Pau Gasol barely, but he was like already getting closer to the front. Um, and then by that time we had made it to our seats and we're, we're kind of getting ready to get everything started. Yeah. The, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, obviously I've never been to Springfield, Massachusetts. It sounds like it's one big kind of thing, whether like the hall of fame and then the, the, like, uh, the theater part kind of sounds like it's all together. Um, and honestly, like, it sounds like a pretty big plaza or whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you this from watching it on TV live, uh, whenever Dirk did step up on the podium, uh, I mean, he got a huge applause for probably over a good minute. I'm sure that y'all were a part of it, but I could tell even through Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, um, all these other guys that like the Mavs fans that were there, including y'all, like it, it was insane. And I mean, for a guy who, uh, of course, you know, 40, 41, 21, one, um, Jersey retirement, the 2011 championship, whatever amazing thing he did for this city. It was kind of surreal almost to hear how much, you know, how much applause and how much kind of thanks he was getting uh, from everyone that was there and every NBA fan that was there. Because again, I, I mean, this is a kind of take that I will pretty much go with to my grave that I think that he was a huge part as to why we have such a, a great European talent in today's NBA. Um, I think he led way for a lot of the guys. Um, and I, I think Dirk Nowitzki was probably the, not the greatest of all time, but was, you know, the greatest European of all time um, as of right now. So, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like y'all had an amazing experience. Um, I don't know like how, I don't even know where Springfield, Massachusetts is. I know obviously it's in Massachusetts, but I don't know like if it's close to any major cities or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like y'all had an amazing time and um, I'm glad that y'all got to enjoy it. I definitely enjoyed watching it on TV and I don't know how y'all feel about this, I guess y'all can give you your answers, but to me personally, I think that's probably the biggest night in Mavericks history since the 2011 NBA championship um, over things, maybe, maybe, you know, Jersey retirement's one thing, but over like Jersey retirement, of course, game seven of the uh, 2022 semifinals. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that was probably the biggest night since the championship uh, was won in 2011. Yeah. Um, and I would just, I would just add that, you know, when when all these fans uh, applaud Tony Parker and Dwayne Wade and Pau Gasol and their recognition is very much deserved. I mean, their talent is indisputed and their accomplishments and whatnot. But but cheering for Dirk uh, feels different. It's it's not just cheering for his basketball skills and winning a championship It's cheering for him as a human being. And he's so endeared and so beloved by not just uh, Dallas fans, but when Dalton and I were in the Hall of Fame, we. Uh, came across a man and his son and they had, you know, their dark shorts. And so we just chatted it up. You know, that's how MFL, MFFLs are. We just kind of strike up conversations. And he's, he was from Connecticut. And I was like, so did you live in Dallas uh, ever? And he's like, no, I just love the Mavericks and I love Dirk. And I'm like, tell me more. Like, yeah. um, so he just makes such an impression. I think that's what people get so excited about with Dirk. It's, it's 
it's not just the basketball legend, which is enough. It's so much more. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, he truly, I don't think that the Mavericks will ever get another player like him, you know, because of what he did in the, in the community. Um, and of course on the basketball's court that, that speaks for itself, but you know, what he did in the community and just for the NBA in general, um, I, I think, you know, there's really not a player that um, even touches him, at least in terms of the Mavericks uh, for what he did. And I mean, obviously, you know, everything, all the flowers that he got, all the, um, you know, applause and all the things that he got is definitely well-deserved. And now he's going to live forever uh, enshrined in the hall of fame as he should, as he rightfully should. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that he can finally now um, enjoy retirement and, you know, he's gone through the Jersey retirement. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few other things and now the hall of fame, uh, but I'm glad now that him and his family can enjoy retirement. And I know that Nico came out and said this, uh, I can't remember if it was before or after the hall of fame, I believe it was after, uh, but Nico Harrison came out and said it that, you know, pretty much there's an office waiting for him whenever he's ready. And I think that that's just an amazing statement in itself, um, especially for what he's done for this city and for what this and for what he's done for this team. So uh, if that ever did for or if that if that ever was to happen uh, where he was to join the front office, I think that would be absolutely insane. And it would honestly be kind of a like good, you know, forthcoming moment uh, to see him, you know, go from player to, of course, front office. So that'd be really cool. But um obviously you know y'all have some other moments just in terms of you know just how long y'all have been fans um if there's any one particular moment or just you know any moment in general I know that you know you said you've been a fan since the beginning right since 1980 or was it a little bit before or after yeah I moved to Dallas from Los Angeles uh in in 1979 and um then you know the mouse were formed in 1980 so I immediately you know, I, I probably one of the only people in Dallas who knows who Jim Spinarkle is, um, you know, just like the OG Mavs. Um, and there were some brutal years, obviously, for the Mavericks starting out and some spots in between and whatnot. And, you know, to be a true Mavs fan, you just ride that, you know, and you hope for something better. Um, you know, like I said, when when Dirk was traded um, into the Mavericks, uh, I, I can see myself uh, as a 27 year old uh, sitting in my car, listening to a sports radio show. And they're talking about like, who is this skinny kid from Germany? Like, what are they doing? They traded away. We needed a center. Why they had a center. Why did they get rid of him? And it was just like, I'm just like, ah, you know, and um, you know, it took a little while, but you know, he found his own uh, with Steve Nash coming up. And I think honestly, one of my favorite Mavs, well, Dirk memories early on was just really winning um, when they won the five game series against Utah. I don't remember the year, but uh, that was the first time they won a playoff series. And it was like, okay, you know, we, we count now we matter. We, we drew blood, you know? And so uh, just that right away, um, you know, the, the battle, the fifth, I think he had a 50 point game against the Suns in the Western conference finals. Um, uh, I, I mean, gosh, you know, drive into the bucket um, in 2006 against the Spurs when we were always their little brother and, you know, yeah he drives instead of shoots everybody expecting to pull up, you know, and uh, that foul and making that shot. I mean, I can, it's funny cause I can still see myself and where exactly I was, you know, when these things happen and that's just the beauty of sports. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, there's, there's always those moments, uh, you know, kind of where, you know, where you were whenever it happened. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, to have such like a, a burning memory of, you know, kind of what he's done throughout the years is honestly very cool. And I, I can't speak for that because again, you know, I've haven't been a fan that long. So to hear someone of 
I guess your wisdom um, or your fanship is honestly very, very cool. And yeah, um, it, it's, it honestly means a lot because, you know, you don't meet a whole lot of people, especially nowadays that, you know, are first off either fans of a team for so long um, or, you know, just in general fans of one singular team. So to hear that you're, you've been a fan and an MFFL since 1980. Uh, I mean, that's pretty crazy and it's hard to fathom in all honesty. So. I'm not wise. I'm just old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and um, especially I mean, for for me, I mean, I was born in '98, so probably by the time I was eight, nine ish, when you kind of really start to actually start to play sports more often, you understand how they work. Uh, I got pretty lucky, obviously. You know, by the time after only watching them for a few years, then they win it all. It's like okay, you kind of got the best of it right out of the gate. Um, and then being a, especially being a ball kid, um, being the little, the people who go up and like mop the sweat, um, after, you know, free throws. And when someone falls down, I got the opportunity to watch Dirk a lot. Um, thankfully, you know, he's pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say indestructible, but he played a lot of games, um, after I went. And I mean, I think I started in 2012, uh, the 2011, 2012 season or the 2012 2013 season and then I stopped in the 2017 season so it was almost like literally right after the championship and then right before Luca so it was almost like kind of the the parts where we were doing pretty good and Dirk was still doing really good and then kind of towards the end right before we got Luca and we were really hurting for draft picks and things like that um watching I mean I literally watched um I watched him score his 30,000th point yeah, um, we were there for his jersey retirement. Uh, I was there. I know he didn't hit the shot, but the I think it was game three against the Spurs in the first round. I think um, when we when Vince Carter hit that game winner in the corner at the very last second. That's probably the craziest math moment I've ever experienced because I was in the arena and it was just like you couldn't even hear yourself the second it went in, and it was just like everyone's hands went up, and it's almost exactly like you would think it is um, when you watch it on like ESPN. And it's just like, just seeing it, everyone's like, you know, high fiving and doing everything like that. And just, especially just watching Dirk over, like I said, the few five, four or five years that I was a ball kid, just watching him do the same move. It was always like, you could just tell he was like a pure shooter. Like just every time it was like, perfect flick of the wrist everything and it was just like wet every time and it was especially his free throws that's one thing I always um bet on I was just like it's going in like every time he went to the line it was just automatic two free throws and I think even like his best few seasons I mean he was like 90 percent 91 92 percent and I mean I think the free throw at least the average like free throw percentage has probably gone down a little bit yeah over the years I don't get very many people who are like Dirk or like a guy like JJ Redick when he wasn't uh, on our team. I remember every time we'd play him, we'd go to the line and it's just like, no matter what, it's just, you know, it's going in and Dirk was the same way. I was just like, even when you miss it, it was, he when you missed it, you knew he'd make the second one. And then uh, especially after the um, statue went up, I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. I don't think we weren't there when they like did that little uh display example i think we all watched just watch that because i think that was kind of one of those surprise moments 
Um, but watching the statue um, be unveiled was awesome. And then having that street named after him, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it's all, I think we went maybe within a week after they had put it up. I think we were either just coincidentally there or we were just going to go to a game. And um, we had, I think we had like, we'd come off the tollway and then we were getting pretty close and then we had just coincidentally turned and then there it was it was just like Novitsky way and it was like oh you know seeing stuff like that it's it's really cool to see how like the city really embraced him for I mean like 21 years you know it's he really was like a part of Dallas represented us and it's really nice to see even though probably for a few points in his career there was it was just kind of him and not too much uh help on one end but it was still like he still stuck with it and like did everything did what he did what he had to do to win and it was like he gave it you could tell he just gave everything he could and i mean even when he like walks you know you he's still you can still tell he's baby in the knee and and stuff like that and it's just you can you can tell he gave everything he had um for every single moment and it was like whether he loved the game or he loved like the city, it was just all for us and all for the game. And, um, and all those things, it's without a doubt, like he deserves all of that and much more. It's pretty crazy. And there's not very many people, you know, there's really good people who, you know, play for a few different teams, but then you have the really special guys like Dirk and Kobe and Tim Duncan and MJ, the guys who stay with one place, technically, obviously Jordan didn't, but we don't, <laughs> really count that but it's still like those guys they don't ever come around very often and like to be in the city to grow up watching this guy um actually play and witness historic moments like that it's definitely really cool because when i you know talk to my mom and my uncle sometimes about watching basketball they're like yeah you know we're watching mj like we're watching all these guys and i'm like you know talking about all the people from the nineties and like magic. And it's like, it's one thing to like, the only thing I have of them is who they are now and like the old highlights of them. And it's like, you can watch highlights all day, but you didn't get to like watch them live. And it's like to be able to witness like a living legend, just play basketball like that. in in his prime at the end of his prime and in this prime, uh, it's one thing that you can just say like, yeah, I watched, I watched him play like t people 20 years from now, literally people from four years ago up until now and forever, you know, they'll never be able to say they got to witness Dirk play a basketball game, you know, probably let alone shoot a basket. So it's definitely pretty special to say like we were able to be here in time and watch greatness like that happen. And it's definitely pretty cool to say. Um, that he deserved all that stuff and more. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, you know, some of my most vivid memories, at least of the Mavericks being good. And for those of you listening, I'm kind of putting air quotes around that, but uh, was definitely around like that 2014, 2016 era, Chandler Parsons, Monte Ellis. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, they had a good roster, uh, but in hindsight, it really was Dirk putting the team on his back um, and, you know, getting those guys prepared for the playoffs. Of course, you know, it wasn't results that we really wanted to, uh, wanted to have because again I mean I, I feel like every one of those years they lost in the first round of the playoffs uh, I remember I, I can't remember if it was 2014 or 15 but they lost in the first round of the Rockets and I I was really young and this is whenever I was like first getting really into the Mavericks and I remember I think it was a game five loss uh, and that's whenever the Mavericks got their season ended and I remember just 
pretty much going to bed and crying because um, I, I just couldn't process my emotions any other way. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of my most vivid dark memories are definitely in that era. And obviously, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, Luca's rookie year, um, you know, it, it was the tail end of his career. And you could tell everything that he was doing, either in the weight room or with the trainers to, to just to even be on the court, uh, let alone to make baskets and to play a sustainable role. Uh, in those years, you know, you could see that sort of work pay off. And I, I like what you pointed out where, you know, now he's kind of feeling the effects of that as he's, you know, walking gingerly just in general. Uh, and this is four years removed from his last basketball game. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can see to this day, you know, everything that he's put out for this city, everything that he's put out for each and every one of us pretty much to witness greatness. Um, and I, I mean, that's honestly a great point that you brought up and, you know, not one that I think people think about every day. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously, um, I, I mean, there's really not enough words or not enough time, uh, in a day to really talk about all the amazing things that he did, not only for the city, but like I said, just for basketball in general. So, uh, it's definitely awesome that y'all definitely went there, that y'all got to be there. Um, but I guess I'll transition into this next segment, uh, where we'll kind of just discuss, you know, just random fanship you know whether it was even dark moments or just non-dark moments but uh just kind of like moments that y'all have had over the last years that have definitely uh like that y'all have enjoyed all right so um you know we're uh just talking about sports rivalries and that's just what fires so much passion in sports fans the rivalry with the spurs uh transcended all you know so for so long we were dirk said we were the little brother to them and it's true i mean the Spurs were a dynasty. Um, we have to admit that um, all the rings and whatnot. Um, and so I found it really ironic that Dirk is going to get enshrined with like our two biggest rivalries, right? Like I was like, Oh really? Of course, you know uh, we have to be surrounded by Spurs fans again. Um, and I always despise Spurs fans more than I despise the actual Spurs. No offense to anybody, but they are the worst. Um, but uh, you know, so all the Spurs stuff and and then of course Dwayne Wade, we all know the history, and it was like, oh God, you know. But um I found myself thinking that um even though I hated playing the Spurs when we played them, and I there's certain things about you know them that I didn't like at the time, I, I felt like I always respected them. Um I always felt like they were a professional, you know, basketball outfit. Like they really took the game seriously. You didn't have any massive egos and and whatnot that we sometimes have today and um just so just really quickly when we were um done with the hall of fame and just basking in the glory of the whole night and thought we were done uh we were taking a shuttle back to the parking lot um the which was the i believe it was the hilton so as we get on the shuttle like the guy sitting behind me is pj carlissimo which is a former coach for the the Golden State Warriors back in the day. And I, I couldn't place him at first, but I was like, and then I, I looked it up and I'm like, that's the guy that Latrell Sprewell choked. And I was like, oh yeah, PJ Carlissimo. So he's behind me. And then I look over and then it's uh, Ime Adoku. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing on this shuttle? Um, because this is just for like random people, like, you know, me and Dalton going back to the hotel. So I, I had no idea what was going on, but so they're on the bus with us and the bus stops in front of the hall of fame and they get out and some other guys go in with them. And you can tell there's obviously some event inside of the hall of fame. And then we walk back to the car and I'm like, Hey, 
do you want to try to go in there and see, you know, see what we can do? And, you know, Dalton was like, we can't just go in there. And I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe we can. So we got out of the car and we walked up and, the, you know, kind of acted like, you know, we're going to go in there. And the guy was like, yeah, I can't remember exact words, but he was basically like, do you have permission to be here or something like that? Dalton, do you remember what exactly what he said? Uh, he it was like he was like, are you with the Spurs party or are you private? Are you with the private party? And then um, we were just like, oh no, we were just trying to get in the lobby. And then he was like, no, like you can't go in. There's some private events. So then we were kind of like, eh, you know, all right. Like we obviously you got to walk out. You can't just be you know walk past. There's a few security guards. So we just kind of turned around and um got back in the car and then the night before um so this was saturday night and friday night when we had gotten in when we were uh, driving from the airport it was like 10 10 or 11 o'clock and we had just gone to the hall of fame and saw a few people walk out and it was already pretty late and we actually went into the the lobby of the hall of fame because they leave it unlocked uh, i guess at night so we kind of had this previous knowledge of it being unlocked so we literally just went to the other side of the building where we had come in before and there was nobody in there and we parked and like you know that those few moments like right before you open the door you're like is this it is this going to be the you know and then sure enough pulled it and it opened and um when you walk in there's a little bit of a long hall and um you know, like I had said before, the security guy was like, are you with the Spurs party? And um, we were like, okay, like, um, I guess there's going to be like Spurs specific people here. Or like, is this like a Hall of Fame thing for everybody? And so, you know, we, we just walked down and didn't really know what to expect. Um, and then we got into the main lobby. And then when you get actually into the Hall of Fame, the main in the very center of the whole thing, it's basically just a, a, um, just a sphere. It's shape of, shape of basketball. And in the middle, they have a big basketball court. And um, the court was, you know, they had a bunch of speakers, a little DJ table, a um, few stations for food. Um, and so you could kind of see like on the outside before walking into the court you could kind of tell and there wasn't anyone standing in front of the door to get into the court so we were kind of just like walking around the entrance for a few seconds kind of being like are we gonna do this is this something we're really gonna do and then uh we were just like okay well what do we have to lose you know we'll just walk in and so i actually had a i had a mavs tie on um for the ceremony and so, you know, we took that off and it was just a you know, white shirt. And I was like, you know, can't be, can't be at a Spurs party and be like, oh, we wear a mouse tie. Um, so we got in and kind of looked around and after a few seconds, you know, okay, we're at a Spurs party. Are there actually going to be like Spurs here? Like, are we talking? And sure enough, after a few seconds, it was a little dark, but, you know, there's Greg Popovich, there's Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, um, Matt Bonner, surprisingly enough. Uh, Yamahimi was in there, oh. so that was pretty crazy. I, I guess um, we were – my mom and I were both like, "What? what's he doing here? And sure enough, I guess he, he played for the Spurs for a couple of years, um, I think in the very beginning of his career. And then 
Uh, he's French, so I mean him and Tony Parker, and then Boris Diaw was there, and so we're just like kind of like, yeah, and um, it was just kind of like, whoa, like we're actually like one thing to be like around, you know, the people when around like the superstars and stuff like that when you're out in public and they kind of have to have like they know the cameras are around, no people are watching, but then like this is like a private event. Yeah. like they're they're there to be themselves and be around people that they know so it was like you could almost just tell that they were just more laid back and so we kind of just like find the find a little bleacher to like sit on and just like look around and see like all these people and um just kind of crazy to see and it's like you know kind of with the rivalries thing too it's like these are the spurs these are the guys we we're kind of supposed to hate but you can't like not say it's still really cool to be around these guys like yeah. even if you hate him it's like holy moly like this is the guy that we fought for years um and i mean arguably like you know dirk and duncan two of the best power forwards of all time and it's like these guys you you never see them even if you see them in public it's like they're you're probably not gonna be the first one to see him you know so they're gonna have a big mob around them and you know seeing how tall these guys are especially when you get next to someone like Tim Duncan and David Robinson, who are like six, 11, seven, 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 one, you know, being five, I'm five ten. So, I mean, this guy's a foot and some more taller than I am. And it's just like, they're literal, like just giants. And you can definitely tell it's one thing to be like, you know, you can be a little clumsy sometimes, you know, you see some people and they're, you know, six, three, six, four, and you can tell they're a little, you can be a little clumsy and that's fine. But like, these guys are seven feet and they are more like calibrated than us. And it's like to see things like that and guys like that, that close and just more relaxed and in a more personal state was pretty cool. And even to see like the little things, like, you know, you don't think these guys are humans, you know, they're really not. I mean, you look at them on TV and then like a little example is like we were watching like Greg Popovich talk to some people and it was like maybe an hour in, an hour and a half in. And like, you know, he pulls his phone out and like he's just got a smartphone and he like. It, it's kind of weird to say, but like he just starts, you know, like tapping it with like a single finger, like. <laughs> like a normal like old guy like yeah. a normal like you're like yeah like this guy he actually is like he probably doesn't use a smartphone very often because you know he grew up when there weren't phones and it was just kind of funny to see like him messing around with his phone and kind of poking at it and like being like whoa like see seeing like these just personalized traits of these guys who are you know basketball gods to us and it's just um pretty cool to get that close to somebody and you know we ended up staying i think i think it ended at like 2 30 in the morning i think we had got there at like 12 um i just want we stayed until the lights came on we got um ended up getting some pictures obviously decent amount of drinking everyone was doing but we kind of like towards the end uh everyone like that was there that was invited um you could tell they were just like okay like let's get some pictures let's do this um, and so I think I ended up getting a picture with, um, Tony Parker and then mom, you ended up getting one with, I think everybody, you got one with, uh, Parker, Ginobili, Duncan. Um, and then we didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't even dream of going up to 
someone like Popovich who's just gonna you see gone. him with all those interviews. Yeah, he was gone like after like an hour, you know, he was like, All right, I'm out of here. But I mean, I, I wouldn't even want to mess with him just because he's I know he's more than likely not really who he is when he does those like halftime interviews and stuff like that, where he's just like those one word stale face kind of guy. But I was like, I didn't even want to risk it, honestly. I was just like, I'm not even gonna bother. Um, but that was definitely pretty crazy i don't know um it took us a little bit to recognize matt bonner i mean he's i remember um mom was saying it a lot um matt matt bonner guys like matt bonner and like nick collison i remember for sure it was just like when when they would uh switch on to dirk after like a screen dirk would just absolutely destroy these guys and i don't know what it was but he was just like he was just he would just eat them for freaking breakfast. You knew that he would just pull a move on them and they he would just score ten points on them, fifteen points on them, and there the other teams were just doing everything they could to get that guy off of Dirk and even not even play him. Um same thing with Boris Diaw. I know he played with us for what season or two, kind of with there in the middle, like thirteen, fourteen or fifteen, I think. Um, but he was pretty cool to be around. Um, and just like I said, kind of being around these guys that you don't really think to be around and it's just yeah. not not really prepared for it almost. So uh, I, I got to ask real quick, was was Michael Finley at the Spurs party or? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, he did. I was going to make a joke, but never mind. We'll leave that there. So I, I hope you yeah, I was like, dude, really? Like, yeah. and I was going to say to him, like, hey, where's the maps party? Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's yeah. for good reason, but. I, no, I just I mean, want to add one thing real quick. It was about, um, you know, rivalries and stuff. And the Spurs is like, um, I don't know if you remember, of course, you remember that Dirk played his last game in a uniform against the Spurs in San Antonio. And um, you remember what, you know, the video tribute uh, they did for Dirk and uh, how he was like crying like a baby. And that's just kind of the classy things that the Spurs organization does. You know, the video tribute to Dirk, um, I don't know if you remember this, but Dirk's last shot ever was um, in the last few seconds of the Spurs game, and some idiot on the Spurs that I don't even, nobody knows. He was like a rookie. Uh, I forget who it was, but was was literally trying to front up Dirk and like really guard him hard and really trying to like block his shot and pop. You could see him like no, 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 like just let the guy shoot his last shot. And you know, I remember how mad Pop was that this idiot was trying to like actually block you know Dirk's shot his last shot of the NBA career and of course Dirk you know does his beautiful shot you know rainbow shot and it, it swishes nothing but net but that's what I mean about like the there's rivalries but they're they're healthy rivalries and at the end of the day like you know Dirk was saying there's nothing but respect and you know he talked in his speech about you know uh, Pop wrote him a handwritten note um, and that's just a super um, that's just something you kind of look back and go yeah that's cool that's cool. Yeah. It's not like the heat rivalry is different. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously the heat rivalry is a diff- little different. Um, okay. I, I mean, I, I still think that the Dwayne Wade hate probably still carries over um, quite a bit. I, I know that um, I don't know how much y'all got a chance to watch this, but like, you know, the Mavs PR team uh, posted some videos or some TikToks, whatever it was of them, like kind of doing challenges together or uh, who was who, like who was better at shooting, who was better at dribbling, like whatever it was. Um, and, you know, those are two amazing players, obviously, but Dirk being as humble as he is pretty much gave the nod to Dwayne Wade the whole entire time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to see them kind of refer- 
not even kind of reprimand like a reprimand like, like the relationship but like just to see them interact as you know once we're or like just interact as people i mean it's cool to see uh because again you know that that rivalry does go so deep from 2006 to of course obviously 2011 um and even further on uh but yeah i mean it, it was it was pretty funny watching those two interact because you could tell that you know the the like the or the enjoyability you know wasn't there sitting next to each other but it you know they have to respect each other because again they are two of the greats uh at that sport so but yeah i, I mean it sounds like y'all had an amazing time is there anything um you know maybe not even dirk related but mavs related uh just over the you know over the years uh that y'all wanted to talk about or anything i think um just for me personally um Every every time at this every year at this time, we all are so full of hope in the off season, and we are spending the off season looking at uh, who we got as free agents and our new draft picks, and you know all that. And are we still going to make a trade? And we kind of go through this every year where we we lose some players and gain some players, and uh, you know we have eight new players this year, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Kids said that there'd be a lot of different faces and they definitely meant it because uh, most of the guys are, are brand new. So every new season is, uh, is hope, um, you know, seeing what the future holds. And I'm super excited about this season. I know I'm always a homer and um, you know, more, probably more positive than anybody every year, but um, I just have a lot of hope for this year. I, I'm excited about, um, you know, seeing Kyrie and Luca and, a full off season with training camp and uh, Kyrie, you know, I know he has his issues, but um, he's been an amazing, he was an amazing teammate last year. I mean, if you just saw, like he was super encouraging, super positive. Uh, now he's sharing a lot of like what Luca's doing overseas on his own social media. And um, he's very positive and saying, you know, pin this tweet, you know, and come back and see how we do in, you know, the next few years kind of thing. So I think he's all in. And it is the superstar league and we have two of the best superstars in the league period. And I just hope to God that we have a great Christmas present um, by smashing the Suns, um, who I think we can all agree on this call um, are our biggest rivalry right now for some reason. We, I mean, it was, you know, a couple of seasons ago in the Western Conference. Um, uh, well, What's not the Western Conference, but, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, but I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know, Jaron, what, what do you think about like why we hate the sun so much? What is it for you? Is uh, it for me? Yeah. For me, it has to be Booker. I, I mean, even, you know, Deandre Ayton, like, uh, I mean, obviously I think a lot of people were on the train of him, you know, heading to Dallas in an off season blockbuster trade. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon, but uh, you know, Ayton, obviously Chris Paul, I've never been, I've never been a huge Chris Paul fan um you know Devin Booker now Kevin Durant um I can at least respect Durant's game but I, I don't know I think it's just kind of the organization uh not the organization itself but the fans especially um and obviously Devin Booker the way he kind of holds himself next to Luca uh I don't know it's just there's a factor that like you just don't really like about Devin Booker in particular and especially the Suns I would confidently say um you know, the Suns are probably the most hated team in the NBA. I can't really think of anybody else that might be more hated. Uh, even I think Devin Booker and probably uh, ex-Sun now, now you know, Warrior, Chris Paul was probably one of the more hated NBA players just in general. So to have two of them on the same team uh, obviously sparks a little bit of hatred in everybody. But 
Yeah, I think, you know, definitely that that Western Conference series, uh, semifinal series, rather, uh, definitely sparked a little bit of hatred there, or obviously some hatred there. And then now um, the last the last game that they played, I think, revamped it. You know, that I think it was March 3rd or March 4th um, where the Suns ended up beating us at home. Uh, but that I think revamped it. And then obviously now we have that Christmas day game uh, and a few other games versus them this season that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, but um, you know, real quickly, is there anything else that y'all would like to get out? Like uh, real quick, I actually want to ask you you know, more so about this year's Mavericks team, but is there anyone in particular, maybe not Luka Doncic himself, but, or Kyrie Irving, let's leave those two out. Is there anyone in particular that y'all are really looking forward to watching? Uh, I think I'm Looking forward to seeing Seth Curry again. I don't know, okay. this is the third go around. Like I, I know I don't know how he hasn't been able to find like a place to stay. And I really liked him the first and second time. You know, I was pretty disappointed when we traded him away again, or when we traded him. I don't remember how we got rid of him the second time, but um, that's what it was. Yeah, and I, I was just like, man, I liked him, and I'm. I really hope that he's able to. I want him to succeed. Like, I just want him to be able to be like, here is the place that I can stay. Cause I mean, he obviously likes us if he wants to come here three times, even though we got rid of him the other two previous times. Um, him, I think, obviously, you know, a guy like um, Lively, I'm pretty looking forward to seeing. I think hopefully by the time we come around Christmas, if not maybe um, early December to maybe around the All Star break, um, he'll start kind of getting in I would assume like Holmes starts um and then maybe Lively will kind of step into that especially with you know I don't know how serious or like how much um of like a mentor Tyson is to Lively especially after this um summer but hopefully if everything goes according to plan we can kind of set him in and then um really see him hopefully become like our, our starting center that we really needed that we've been trying to get uh, even obviously this season with uh, Clint Capelia. So it's kind of one of those where I want him to succeed really well. I want Curry to succeed. Um, those are two guys I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. I think those are good players. So Deb, what about you? I think uh, Grant Williams, because I think he injects a lot of personality into the team. He's known for being kind of goofy and quote annoying, I think we need a shot of that, like some personality and some liveliness to keep some energy. Um, and he's, you know, obviously pretty well known with his, um, uh, you know, playoff history. I'm excited to see what he'll bring as far as defense. Um, he can't be the only guy, you know, playing defense though. I think everybody needs to do a little bit more with that. I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, I hope Omax, you know, plays uh, quite a bit and gets in the rotation. Uh, he, he was amazing in Southern league um you know he still needs to work on his three-pointer but the the defense and the energy um we we really need a shot in the arm like that um I mean gosh I think also you know Rashawn Holmes hasn't really played in about a year or so but um there's some yeah, that's the only like mystery in my opinion right now is like starting center you know so Dalton said Rashawn Holmes yeah he's probably more talented than Dwight Powell but um, but he hasn't played consistently in a while. So, you know, is Coach Kidd going to feel comfortable starting him and playing him right out of the gate? I'm not sure. And, you know, we all I, – I think the negative vibes about white power are kind of unfair. I mean, the guy 
he's paid a lot of money to do some things that really aren't in his skill set. And that's not his fault. Like nobody busts their ass more than Dwight Powell. And you can't fault the guy that he's put in a position that really is above what he can do. Um, but I would like, nevertheless, I would like to see his role lessened because it's just the, kind of the right thing. But um, no, I think we have a great, I think we're kind of a dark horse right now, which is really stupid because we have it, you know, Luca is a four-time all NBA guy. <laughs> and, and yet, you know, more people aren't, are putting us high. I don't know. I feel like, I think even Jaron, I was listening to your, you know, you were saying, you, I, what did you have us? What did you think our record would be? Like, it was a little bit. I, I'm, I was trying to keep it realistic. I, I think that this team has the opportunity or the, the chance, you know, if everything were to go right and they were to somehow acquire a starting center or if Derek Lively um, or Rashawn Holmes rather, you know, ended up becoming that starting center. I, I think that this team has a chance to win more games than what I said, but I said around that 44 to 45 one range. Yeah. Well, and then uh, one of the predictions I saw today after the schedule came out was like 48 wins. And I was pretty yeah. happy with that. I, so, I, I like, I think there is a world where the team could potentially win 48 games. I, I don't, I don't see them touching 50 yet. I think that's kind of a next year thing. Um, but you know, the, who knows? I, there's a lot of crazy things that happen in NBA season. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to Grant Williams, Omax, all of these guys. Uh, I mean, the Mavericks, obviously, last year were lacking defense and lacking athleticism. And pretty much we, you know, not got that in full. Uh, but, you know, Derek Jones Jr., Grant Williams brings uh, hustle on defense, as you mentioned before. Uh, Dante Exum is going to be amazing to watch in, tra in transition uh, off the bench. Omax. Um, you know, Derek Lively, a, a number of guys um, that, you know, Josh Green, uh, you know, there's still more guys that I'm failing to mention. But, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think that the narrative is definitely going to flip from last year's rather boring team uh, outside of Luka and Kyrie to a very, very fun young team, which is something that we haven't said probably since Luka's rookie or sophomore year. And I, I'm I'm very excited um, I know that y'all sound like y'all are very excited. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a good place to leave it off. Do y'all have anything else to share? I'm good. I'm just not fan for life and ready to go at it again. Yeah. 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 And then, um, Mouse fan for life always been there. I think this year will be our kind of foot in the door year. Uh, I, I think next year will, will be for me, the next year will be the really big year where we'll kind of see how we are. I think three, three to six seed this year, maybe seventh if we run into some injuries, but next year, next summer, I think it's going to be our year to finally see full year of Kyrie, full year of everything. Lively will have a whole year under his belt. And next year we'll probably be looking into the upper fourth seed home court advantage type stuff next year. But I, I believe in us either way, even when we were really, really bad, there was always that, oh, what if, like when we were, you know, 19 wins, you know, I was like, oh, we could, we could do it if we won this many games. You know, there's always that hope. So even if we're not doing good, I'll always just hope for the best. And no matter how, how emotionally impacted I get by every loss that we have, I still think we'll always do really good. And I think good, good owner, good, obviously great star. I think we're pointed in the right direction for years to come at the moment. Yeah. I, I believe with pretty much everything you said. So uh, real quick, do y'all have any socials, Twitter, Instagram that y'all want to shout out? Well, that's nice. Um, well, I just started a personal training business. Uh, so on Instagram, you can follow feelfit.23. And um, 
if you want to schedule some personal training, I'm down for it. Yeah. I, we're looking to get some sponsorships for like protein companies. Cause uh, me and Will are both big into working out. Uh, so we're looking to get like protein companies, uh, things like that. So, I mean, I have like a fitness account that's, that's actually pretty cool. So yeah. Um, Dalton, what about you? Uh, not too much, not too much on social media. I basically just have a little Instagram. It's uh D P Y B U S two five. Uh, I just actually posted a little hall of fame thing with, uh, Derek. Finally, I got a great picture, great picture of him. It was like, both of us were looking into the camera, like the one, like great picture. So that's probably about the only thing I got. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'll for sure, uh, you know, make it a point of this is to shout y'all out, but if y'all do have any pictures that y'all want to send me, um, we can get that up on the Twitter. You know, if you're comfortable sharing that, obviously, uh, then yeah, we're for sure share that. Um, but outside of that, I think that's it for the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you all for coming on. Uh, if y'all would like to come on again, you know, we have pretty much another month of off season outside of FIBA. Um, so if y'all would like to come on again, you know, just again, you know, shout us out or uh, just reach out. Uh, but we loved having you on. Uh, and you know, if there is an, another opportunity, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But outside of that, uh, you know, go ahead and follow our YouTube at mainstream podcast or at mainstream maps podcast. If you haven't already like, and subscribe, uh, and then on the Twitter at mainstream two one four, we're posting daily content on there every day. Uh, and then of course the TikTok at mainstream maps, I need to post more on that. That's on me, but outside of that, I hope that y'all have a great day. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, y'all have a great day. Right, you too. Appreciate it.